Good morning. Morning. Thank you for that person over here that said good morning back. <laughs> Thanks. What a privilege to be here with you this morning uh, in this summer series called Passages. Um, I'm excited to share some of what God has been working in me and teaching me and some of my favorite passages over, over the years. It's, it's a beautiful summer weekend. However, were you, I, I still call this beautiful, were you woke up by that storm last night? Wasn't that awesome? We just stood at the window and watched some, and, and that lightning, it was just beautiful. It was loud. If you slept through it, you're a good sleeper. But it was really showing God's power. I'm glad you're here this morning. And I believe it's not by accident you're here. And believe it or not, I think it's not by accident that I'm here. We have something, and I pray that God's going to show us things this morning that he wants to teach us. Um, Spencer, a couple of weeks ago in, in this series, preached on the importance of faith. And last week, Pastor Bruce talked about freedom. And so today we're going to talk about every path leads somewhere. And so I have a question for you this morning. And the question is this, what if you could predict your future? Would you want to do that? Would that be something that you would say yes or something you'd say, no, I don't know if I want to know that. What if you could predict it? Well, the truth is you've gotten close to that or we've gotten close to that. If you've ever uttered these words under your breath, in your mind, or maybe you've said them out loud, and the words are, I should have seen that coming. And some of you are nodding. I should have seen that coming. And sometimes we do see, and we choose not to. We ignore it. And sometimes we, we just don't think because we don't want to think. Because if we've got to think about it, then we'll know this isn't going to be a good thing. And then uh, sometimes we dive into something without a lot of thought or consideration for where it may end up. And I'm sure you all have stories to share about choices that you made, maybe too fast, too quickly, not enough thought, and they didn't end up how you anticipated they would. And so I have uh, many stories to share, and I'm going to just share one this morning. And it's from way back. Elmer and I were um, going on vacation, and this was before we had kids. I think now you call that uh, I was expecting, I think now you call it a baby moon. We just called it, let's get away before we tie down for life. So we, uh, we went to California. I'd never been there, and um, I'd never been to Disneyland. So we did the Disneyland thing. It was so much fun. And one of the things that I hope to do down there, because I took drama at university and love theater, I hope to go to a television studio and just watch how they film a television show. I just thought seeing it from the back and being a part of the audience, and you can do that there. So we found out at NBC Studios, you can line up at 6 in the morning, and you can get tickets to be part of an audience for a live um, filming of, of a show. So we were at our hotel, and in those days we didn't have smartphones, we didn't have a GPS, so we had a paper map. We go down to the lobby, we talk to the concierge who knows everything, about that area, and we say, we want to get to NBC Studios. Can you show us the best way to go? So he takes on our map, and he draws a, a, a charts, a course for us to go to NBC Studios. We get back to our room, and we look at the map, and we think, why? 
We're here, NB Studios is here. Why did he take us all this way? It seems like if we just go short, it's like half the time, half the distance. And really, we've been in California four or five days. We pretty much know what we're doing. So we thought, I guess he was wrong. Maybe he hasn't worked that long. And we just decided that's the road we'll take. So at 6 a.m., we head out. Well, I, I look at Elmer because it wasn't too long down that route that we realized, oh, maybe we know why he didn't want us to go this route. We ended up in a place that um, when you watch movies, it's one of those places where you stop at a light and your car gets stripped. Like, that's what it was. And we had a little Avis rent-a-car on the back of our vehicle. Um, I think we were lucky that it was 6 a.m. because it was a little quieter when we went through and we made it to the other side. Had it been evening, I think it would have been a whole different story. And our wisdom wouldn't have looked that great at that time. You know, we're thankful that we made that. I'm sure you've all got stories to share that, hey, I just didn't accept some advice from someone. I thought I knew better. And we thought we knew better. And sometimes we kind of know where something is headed, but boy, the path we're on is so much fun. It's just really fun. It's fun financially. It's fun relationally. It's fun morally. Whatever it might be, we kind of know, but we just don't want to stop. Because until we get to that point, at one point, we might be forced to stop. And at that point, we call it, we're in a mess. In Alcoholics Anonymous, they call it hitting your bottom. And so if someone keeps going, sometimes they'll say, they guess they haven't hit their bottom yet. And then we say, I should have seen this coming. And you know, there isn't an instant fix to messes we've behaved or chosen our way into. But please don't hear me wrong this morning. There is an amazing rescue plan of redemption for the forgiveness of sins. So these paths, that, that's the best, that's the first step, the first path. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, but the new is here. So don't hear me wrong. I'm not talking about that. That, that slate is wiped clean. Your sins are gone when we choose to follow Jesus and accept his gift of salvation. However, even in those situations, there are often consequences left behind to deal with. So this morning, whether you are a believer in Jesus and you have accepted that gift, and I hope you have, or I hope that's what you encountered this morning, or whether you haven't, the choices you make actually affect where you end up and the direction you're headed. And that has a huge impact on our lives. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I just pray, Lord, this morning that you would... I sense your presence here. Lord, would your Holy Spirit be the true teacher this morning? And Lord, would the things of me fall away and the things that you're saying and you're speaking to people, may those be the things that they really, that stick and stay. Lord, open our hearts and minds to what you want to teach us this morning. I ask this in your name. Amen. So with technology, when something goes wrong with technology, it actually, we had it happen this morning, Bob. We had it happen this morning. You can just unplug for 30 seconds and plug it back in and it's a new start. Have you ever had to do that? I had to do that yesterday with my dad's cable in a, in a care home. We just had to unplug it, plug it back in, and it worked. But we are more complex. God created us more complex than something that can simply be unplugged and plugged back in. But there's good news even in this, if we find ourselves in a mess, because it's good news if we're willing 
to change directions. Because every path leads somewhere. And that's the principle of the path. Andy Stanley, someone that I love his books and his preaching. And so a lot of this message came from Andy Stanley's book, The Principle of the Path. And I just encourage you to get that book and read it. It's got some really great information, really great messages in it for life. So first I want to talk about a little bit about a principle. A principle is not a rule that you follow. Actually, a principle follows you. Principles follow you around everywhere you go, even when you're not aware of them. Secondly, a principle is not something that you choose to apply. A principle applies itself to you, even if you're not aware of it. It applies itself to you. And, and thirdly, a principle is not a rule that you can break. But if you ignore certain principles, principles can break you. They do. So an example of a principle or law that you can't break. Um, as I was getting ready to kind of show this, I thought, Lord, show me who would really like to put their hand up to volunteer, to come up and just help me to impact this message. And the na- a name came to me. And then I got here this morning and I saw him. And so, Scott Berg, would you come up and help me? I saw you. I prayed you, buddy. I might be exaggerating a little bit, but come on. Okay, Scott, will you just come up here and stand? And good thing you look so good this morning, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Now, there is a principle being applied to Scott Berg right now. Are you aware of it? You think so? You think so? So, Scott, the principle that's being applied to you right now is that are you trying to keep your feet on the ground, on the floor? They're just there. So the principle is the law of gravity, right? The law of gravity. So when we go to the law of gravity, can we show that formula up there? So here's the law of gravity. I don't understand all that stuff. Do you, Scott? No, okay. Uh, he probably does. You physics people do. I don't understand it, but all I know, stop. Scott, can you take a step forward? Did you have to think, foot stay on the floor, second foot stay on the floor? You didn't have to think that. The law of gravity is being applied to Scott right now. He doesn't even know it. If he chose to try and break it and jump from the balcony down, there it would break him, right? So that's all. So you're not done yet. I've got another principle. <laughs> and with this other principle, Scott, I need you to have a buddy, need you to have a friend, so, hey, do you want to help me pick another? Anyone else want to volunteer? Because look how good Scott looks up here. I don't see hands up, but I do see Adam Van Rees right there. <laughs> Adam really wanted to, I think, inside, right? Yeah. Okay, we're going to play a little game with Adam and Scott. I need one of you carefully to pull that. See that, brand, that black-covered thing there? Can you roll that card out here with the, really carefully, because i got some stuff on there. Look at them carefully rolling that out. So the pr- we're going to talk about another principle, and this applies both to Scott and Adam and to what we're going to show here. So, okay, you guys, you guys are going to be part of, hopefully everyone can see this, you guys are part of, um, you're playing against each other. Here we go. This is the principle of buoyancy. So if we put the principle of buoyancy up there, the principle of buoyancy says that If the mass of the object and the density of the object and density of the fluid, that tells where something will float or sink. Right? Again, I don't understand it. But Archimedes, it's his principle. He explained it. Here's another thing. Principles can't be invented. They can only be discovered. God put this into place in the beginning. So we discovered them. And he explained it in a way that we can know. So, you guys, under here, we're going to start with an orange. Now... 
We're all going to vote, but Scott and Adam, do you think this orange will float or sink? Thumbs up if you think it'll float, thumbs down if you think it'll sink. They both think it won't. You, what, are you, what are you saying? Sink. Sink. Okay, Adam, carefully put that. Hey, just wait a minute. Who thinks it will float? Thumbs up. Who thinks it'll sink? Okay, let's put that in, Adam. Let's see what it does. Ah! So we've got two people that, how would you define that? You lost? They just, they're helping to prove a point. Okay, another thing. Bubble, bubble. Okay, Scott, do you think that's going to float or sink? Sink? What do you think? I don't know anymore. <laughs> okay, you guys, float or sink? The bubble, bubble. Okay, this, I'm not doing magic. Woo. Yeah. Okay, magic pass. No, let's put it in. You said sink, Scott? Float. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Scott, how many of that? How are you for two? Oh, for two. Okay. This is going to be easy. Egg. Float or sink, Adam? Can I hold it? Yeah, you can hold it. Who wants to know if it's a trick egg? Float or sink? Well, I want to say it's going to float now, but... He says it's going to float. Okay, then that would be thumbs up. Just wait. Uh, uh, Scott? I'm just sink again. So sink okay. again. <laughs> Anybody float or sink? Float for the egg? Sink. Okay, put it in. Yeah. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing well. <laughs> okay, now, some of you that are cooks, you would have wanted to say, is it raw or cooked, right? These guys didn't ask that. I would have told them. It's raw. Okay, we're going to do one more. Everyone should take their vitamins. Uh, seal thing of vitamins. Scott, float or sink? <laughs> yeah, they're not competing. They're both basically losing <laughs> equally. Yeah. <laughs> float or sink? What do you think, Adam? Thumb hey, you guys can't do it without saying. <laughs> float, sink. Sink? What are you going? Sink? Okay, this will be, be the thing that says, did they, how did they do? Float or sink? He says sink. <laughs> well, you know what? You're 0 for 4, right? Is that what it was? Oh, you got one? You got the egg. He lost, yeah. Can you thank our volunteers for their, and you can pull that to the side. Now, they were put up here. You guys got to do it down there. But that's a principle that's being applied whether we, now my hands are wet, whether we want and know it or not. There's a principle of the harvest that's talked about lots in the Bible. That's in agriculture, but it's also applied to friendships and finances in our marriage. And then the principle of the path is simply this. Your direction determines your destination. The best way to predict your future is to pay attention morally, financially, academically, relationally, and most importantly, spiritually. Because the principle of the path will apply itself to you whether you choose to leverage it or not. An additional part of this principle is that your direction, not your intentions, determines your destination. It's not going to say, I meant to. I wanted to. I really wanted to follow Jesus. I really wanted to read my Bible. I had the best intentions. 
but intentions don't cut it. We get to where we should be the same way we get to where we shouldn't be. It takes steps. Perhaps some of you have been thinking about circumstances in your life since we started talking. And the interesting thing about being on the wrong path or living in the wrong direction is you can be living and in the wrong direction and feel happier than you ever have for a time. Because it's deceiving. The enemy likes to do that with us. It's fun for a while. Isn't it true that when you're driving and you get lost, you're not exactly sure the moment that you got lost? You just know the end up lost. Well, here's the amazing thing about Jesus. He talked about these exact situations over 2,000 years ago. He points to the principle of the path, and he does it in a different way. He does it in a parable. After he preaches his longest sermon recorded, the Sermon on the Mount, which basically tells us how to live as Christ followers. It's like the syllabus for the class. It's got everything. If you're not familiar with the Sermon on the Mount, it has the Beatitudes. It's got the message on salt and light about loving your enemies, how to pray. The Lord's Prayer is in there. Treasures in heaven, not worrying, judging, ask, seek, and knock, all these things. Narrow and wide gates, true and false prophets. That's all in the Sermon on the Mount. And then at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, in the Gospel of Matthew, he tells a parable. And the parable he delivers to us is the essence of the principle of the path. He invites people to live in a different direction. He points the way forward, and he points the way out. If you turn with me in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 29, we're going to read this parable together. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. That line, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like someone that's wise. Someone that's wise. The Bible has so much to say about wise and foolish people. With all these verses, it starts with the wise. Can we go to the next one with all the verses? The wise can see where they're going, but fools walk in the dark. Wise people think before they act, but fools don't even, and they even brag about their foolishness. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Wise words bring approval, but fools are destroyed by their own words. The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears her down, tears hers down. And that last verse was something that God spoke to me a number of years ago. What would it take for me to build my house? What I needed to be a builder. So how do we get wisdom? Well, James 1.5 says that if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. So we need to ask, but it's more than just getting information because we can have wise people and, and get information to make decisions. But here's one of the keys. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That's the turning point. Choosing the right path begins with submission. 
It begins with trusting, with acknowledging him. Submitting to the one that knows where each path leads. Submitting to the one who knows what's best for us better than we know what's best for us. And it begins with just one phrase. And we say it here lots. And Jesus said it. And it's, come, follow me. It's not like, get your life figured out and get everything together and then follow me. It's not like, clean up all the mess that you've made and then follow me. It's, come, follow me, and I will help you out. I will put you on a path that will help. If you would just follow me, it's like you're building your life on something that will last, a solid foundation, heading the right direction. So when the storms of life come, you will be able to withstand them. I had such an incredible privilege. Felt like I was on holy ground. An example of building a house on the rock of Jesus Christ this past week as I was sitting in a hospital room. I'm in the hospital room with Lisa Enns as we visited Jacob Mary Pauls from our church here. And when I asked Jake and Mary if I could share this story with you this morning, humbly, Jake said, oh, he didn't want any attention. But then he said, if it would give glory to God, he'd give permission. Yeah, if God could receive the glory and not him. The rains are coming for them. The streams are rising. The winds are blowing. Cancer in Jake's body. And they've decided upon the advice of their doctor not to continue with treatment. So short of a miracle, which there could be, Jesus does do miracles, they are on a journey that definitely fits the category of a storm in life. But as I sat in that room with Jake and Mary and Lisa, I just couldn't help but say to them, the presence of the Lord is in this place. You have built your life together on a solid foundation, on the rock, on the cornerstone, on Jesus. And that's why you can talk so openly to us with peace. There was peace in that room about what you're going through. That's why you can talk about being thankful at a time like this. That's why we could laugh a little bit. Thankful for their family. Thankful for the good blessings they'd had in their life. We as a church need to remember to pray for those who are going through and continue to go through storms. Mary said, yeah, pray for us. They need our prayers. But they are on a solid foundation. That's what they've built in their life. On the path following Jesus, we have what we need to go through life because the good and the hard times. Because we have the Holy Spirit, who is our counselor, our comforter, our teacher, and our guide. John 16, 13 says, the Holy Spirit will guide us in all truth. He is with us. He helps us. So how do we measure or know if we're on the right path or we're headed in the right direction? I mentioned earlier it begins with submission, but I'd just like to suggest three signs that we can look and three measures that we could say, is this the path that God has for me? So three signs that you're on the right path. The first one is the path that God leads you down will never contradict his word. If you're in his word and you're on a path and in his word you're saying, I don't know if he really said that. I don't think it really means that. Surely it can't mean that. And you're working hard to try and justify what you're doing because it goes against his word. I'd say, hey, it's time to switch directions. 
That's not a path. It won't contradict his word. Secondly, the path that God leads you down will be accompanied by confirmation. We were built and made for community. So in community, a, a spiritual family, we pray together. We seek Lord's will together. And so we would be confirmed and affirmed in directions we take. So if you're in a p- place where you're going, stop talking to me. Quit. I don't want to hear that anymore. I'm, I'm tired of that. I know what's best. And you're pushing everybody away. I would say, hey, maybe it's time to turn around. Maybe that's a path that God does not want you on. Our paths will be accompanied by confirmation in our church and spiritual family. Thirdly, the path that God leads you down will require you to depend on him. So it's not something that's going to be easy and we're checking boxes and we got it all figured out. It will require on our knees, we've got to depend on you. I know this is your path. Just like Jacob Mary, this is your path. They're depending on him and he'll get them through. If you're on the right path as well, growing and maturing in Christ, there should be some evidence. And that evidence, best thing I can find in the Bible for, is the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, and 23 says, The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So there's another measure. If you find that every day at work you're losing your cool and you're telling someone off, wonder about what's the path you're on. Maybe you need to, maybe that's a sign I need to spend more time with the Lord. I'm I'm not, or if you find that you're losing your patience at everything, you find you, you find it's hard to love and easier to judge. What path are you on? What do you need to turn around to get on the path that God has for you? This is why the invitation here at Forest Grove Community Church is this. It's the same invitation that Jesus extended in the first century. It's the same of what I, what I just talked about before. It is, come, follow me. Follow Jesus. We don't have to have it all figured out, but we follow him, and he guides our path. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. The path of following Jesus is the path of life. It might not always make your life perfect, but it will make your life better, and it will make you better at life. That path will make us better at life because we have a guide, a counselor, a leader, with the Holy Spirit in us. I'd like to ask the worship band to come up. And as they're coming up, when a message about paths and direction is given, I, I would say there's, I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit is the true teacher because There are so many messages that are the real important messages happening in this room. And it's not the words coming out of my mouth. It's the Holy Spirit in your heart convicting, perhaps, affirming, perhaps, speaking truths over your life, filling you, all these things. But as I prayed for this and as I talked to Tyler this week in leading worship, um, I was just sensing that, that, that some of the responses could be this. So I don't know if this is you. But there were things that the Lord laid on my heart. And one was that I think that there's maybe some that will feel that they haven't really chosen the path of following Jesus at all. And so maybe this morning you're saying, Maureen, I hear you talking about that relationship, but I'm not, I'm not even sure I've started that relationship. If that's you, would you talk to someone about that this morning? Or would you just open up and say, Lord, I want that relationship with you. I ask you to forgive my sins. I want to follow you. Maybe that's the path and the first step you need to take today. But for others, and, and as I was 
as I was praying and getting ready for this message, there was this, this thought that some today are going to hear, hey, I think I'm headed in a wrong direction. I think I'm kind of going away a direction that the destination is not something that I would want or God would want for me. And I'm justifying and I'm fighting. I'm fighting people around me, but I'm also fighting God. I just sense there might be some that would hear that. But I did know, and I believe this beyond a shadow of a doubt, because I've, that there are people in this room that are saying, I believe I'm on that path, but I want more of what God has for me. I want more of his spirit, more of his power, more of his presence. So on this path, I want to grow closer because I want him to use me more. I want him to give freedom in our church and say, fill me, Lord, use me. There's those that want that. They're on that path, but they want more. Whatever God is speaking to you right now and his spirit speaking to you, just pray, as I pray, that you would just have that conversation with him yourself. Talk to someone afterwards that can help and have someone pray with you. But just be open and honest with him about the things he want to show you. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time together. Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for that you tell us that you have a path for us and that path leads to life. And Lord, I just pray for people in this room as they're hearing messages from you. Lord, may we all want to be on that path. May we be hungry for you. Give us a hunger to follow you closer. And Lord, if there's some that are headed in the wrong direction, pray that you give them the courage and the strength by the power of your spirit to turn around. And Lord, if there's some that don't know you, I just pray that they would open up their heart to receive the gift, salvation that you have for them. Lord, we love you. And Lord, we trust you. Lord, will you help us to make you our solid foundation. You alone, Jesus, our solid foundation and build our life on that. Thank you, Lord. And because we can't do these things on our own strength, our own power, we pray them in your name, Lord. Amen.